This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. is Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Good evening and welcome. I'm Beck Dahl and you're listening to Stand Up Straight where we aim to provide a vehicle for the Allied supporters to stand up for our GLBTNI community, to encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice, create dialogue or introduce a new way of thinking and most importantly, facilitate change towards greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes. Thank you to Daniel Mason for the afternoon, um, Beck and Matt on the Informer for informing us and then Beck... Also for the news. She's getting around today, isn't she? And can I just say something about Beck? Because I remember hearing her very first news broadcast and then hearing her today. She's awesome. She is awesome. And she's got a great name. (laughs) I know. It's all good. Anyway, um, I am Beck. Tonight we have Clayton who's panelling and doesn't have a microphone so I can talk about Taylor Swift and sport and he can't interrupt me. (laughs) Oh, but he can press the button. And Steph, welcome. Thank you, Beck. Yes. Thank you. And uh, tonight we have three guests in the studio. Most of you will remember that at the end of November last year, we invited Darren Weiser and actually Tasha, two flowers, into the studio to talk about a project that they have been working on for midsummer. This project is a theatre and movement performance examining prejudices, discrimination and HIV stigma. And it actually has its world premiere on Monday. Yes, it does. So, team, how are we feeling? First of all, I, I, I need to introduce everyone. We do have Darren here. We have Tasha back. And we also have Rory in. And Tasha and Rory are two of the three stars of Stigma. Thank you. Stars they are. Absolutely. Stars. Superstars. And unfortunately, we don't have Sam with us, who is the, uh, he, the third star. He's at home listening. Oh, good. Hello, Sorry. Sam. Yeah, hello, Sam. <laughs> yeah. So, Darren, quick update since last time we spoke. Quick update. Well, we've just stepped out of the studio. I had the two boys today, so we worked through the boys' movement 
uh, sequences, uh, frames. We worked through their dialogue, their, the building the scene to make sure they know where they were going and what they're doing. And um, we, the, we've structured the whole work now. Yesterday we had a run. Actually, we've, we've, so I was able to see what the work has looked like in its shape and form. So that was a really good uh, – so it's, it's in a good position. Okay. Mm. So ready to go on Monday night? Ready to go on Monday night. We have the weekend to rehearse. So we're running it this weekend. We have our tech crew in that we're putting the sound in because we have to marry the sound and make sure all the cues match up The sound and, and the transitions are, are fluid. Uh, we, are, we have the lighting. We're about to bump in on Sunday night. And then all day Monday we'll be um, having the tech run, plotting tech dress rehearsal, tech run dress rehearsal, and then we open in one night. So basically we have less than 24 hours to bump in, put up lights, Get the show on. Opening night, we're on. And the show is at La Mama? La Mama Courthouse, yeah, yes. Okay. And tell me a little bit about that space because I haven't been there. So La Mama Quarter is at uh, – so those who are coming to Stigma, it's 349 Drummond Street. So it's not the La Mama Theatre on Faraday Street. You have to go around the corner. It's a big old court. It was one of the first courts in Melbourne, I think. Uh, and um, it, they have the uh, well, lease on it. They work out of that theatre and so we have have the space reversed um, and it seats capacity. I think there's about uh, uh, 65 seats, I think. Yeah. Okay, so how have ticket sales been? We've almost sold out, so we have a few tickets wow. left. So if anybody wants to buy a ticket, you can jump on the Mama website and get the last few tickets. I think there's like six left. So there is no point in going on the Midsummer website to get tickets. You go to the La, La, La Mama's website. Oh, actually, there might be a few tickets on the Midsummer website. I haven't checked, actually. I think they've got a handful. So they I could don't go- think they do because when I went on the Midsummer website this afternoon to have a look, it directed um, me to the La Mama, La Mama website. Yeah. So I think that you probably the last few tickets. Sold out. Yeah, I think yeah. the last few tickets are on the La Mama well, so website. So that's exciting. It's very exciting so rory tell me how are you feeling um i'm feeling pretty good darren's put us in a pretty good spot to go with it all um i'm nervous yeah. about it it's that's, been that's nervous why are you nervous <laughs> well it's a, it's a it's a very challenging um challenging piece in a lot of ways in the themes but also darren i mean we've trained as actors but darren comes from a movement background and is melding the acting and the moving together so there's a lot of stuff in it that is, you know, a bit foreign. But he's got us in a really good spot to put it out there. So, Rory, if some of our listeners weren't um, listening to Darren and Tasha back in November about stigma, how would you describe the piece? It is, well, Darren's big idea is that we're deconstructing stigma. Um, we've had a lot of people come into the room and share their stories about living with HIV stigma. And one thing that we've noticed is that it's so varied. Everyone's experiences are so different and HIV stigma means something different to everyone. So in the piece, we've chosen some moments, some varied moments, um, and we're kind of melding them together. So there's the... uh, There's the text, so, you know, scenes between people or monologues, but there's also this world that exists that runs between them, which is this movement world, which is a physical expression of what it is like to live with stigma, what it is like to live with something in your body um, and to be judged because of that. Tasha, would you like to add to that? Um, I think Rory put it quite well. I think... You know, our hope is that we're we're offering a few different scenarios, stories, um, 
I think as a performer, we, you know, I want to avoid the word feelings or emotions, but um, to move the audience so that they might have an idea of what it is like to live with stigma and some, you know, really specific experiences of people that have come into the room and shared their stories. And, um, but I hope really that it's, we're, we're presenting stories and experiences that everybody can relate to because I think that really is the point that, you know, it could be me, could be you, there's no us and them. So for everybody to empathise and to take responsibility. Okay. In the studio tonight we have Darren Weiser, we have Rory Godbold and we have Tasha Flowers from Stigma and we are going to come back and talk a little bit more about the process of collecting those stories because I think that's really important. You are on Joy on Stand Up Straight. Be an ally. Talk it out. Educate yourself. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. You are listening to Stand Up Straight. I'm Beck, and I'm here with Steph and Clayton tonight and our super special guests, Darren, Rory and Tasha, talking about their upcoming production, Stigma. Now... When I watch a performance, I assume it just happens by magic, but I know that's probably not the case and <laughs> that's such a probably an offensive thing to say. But tell me, I know this production had a quite different way of being born, I suppose. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how something like this is devised and uh, how the production came about? Of course. Well, listen, when you go to the theatre, you should be experiencing magic. So, you know, that's, you know, a part of the process. You want to be, you know, taken on a journey. The work we do, um, Tasha's put it um, in a nice, uh, put it, put it, in a nice way, it's made up. We make it up. We devise it. So as we, we go in with a concept and we use processes in the studio to flesh out text, to flesh out movement, to flesh out the whole message concept we are trying to give to the audience. For example, we would use um, the women's, women's voices who are living with HIV. Some of you are out there listening, so thank you very much for um, all your contributions to the work and the work in the studio. I know you're listening. Come to dinner after. The, the, if, um, and we would use the men's stories as well, men living with HIV, and my story as well, and then we would put it in, in the... And you had people come and tell you their stories. How does that come about? Did you search out people or...? Well, we had community workshops. So uh, the, the VAC and LPV and um, the Space Dance Centre we, and PLC as well, we had workshops where the community would come in. They would share their stories. We had Early on we had gay pos sex workshop and there, for example, a man came in, a, a man came in, a community <laughs> member came in to share his story of how he you know, became positive and that monologue uh, is shared on stage through through Sam Duncan's character, for example, and Rory's got. And Rory and Tasha, as um, performers, is it quite emotional performing this sort of production that is someone's real story? Very much so. Like I still remember when Sam was doing his monologue today, I still remember back in whenever it was June last year, Mm. because the stories are so rich, I still remember this this man telling the story, how he said it, the physical mannerisms he was making, like his story is still in my memory, um, fresh and alive. So, yeah, it does give you something really personal to take in. And when you are going to perform your piece, like there's some of um, Darren's life in a piece I perform, I really want to make sure that I do that 
justice mm. because it's a real story. It's personal. It means something to him. It's not um, – these stories aren't flippant things that they come in with. Um, they're stories that are raw um, and – True. True, true yeah. It's their life. Mm. So – it you know it does give you some fuel to make sure you go out there and you you know you try and do it justice as much as possible. Natasha's had this wonderful opportunity to work um, closely with a lot of women, uh, and they are still working in the space um, with us. Um, and uh, th- they're such rich, beautiful, um, moving stories. Mm. And I think you know there's there's nothing like the truth. It's really hard to come up with some of um, the experiences that I've learnt about that women have so generously and bravely shared with me. And like Rory said, you know, it's absolutely really moving and it's, you know, all the more important to me. I think it should should always be as an actor, but sometimes I think when you're working with the text or if it's a classical text, Shakespeare's language, for example, you kind of forget that you are representing a real human experience. But in this work, it's so grounded in... Obviously, real real people, real experiences that are really relevant today. In writing a script like that, Darren, how do you go about editing? Well, so that's well, it's it can always be a, a bone of contention, or it can be problematic, but it can go smoothly. With this cast, I have the dream team. The team I work with is the the cast. Everyone has just been really collaborative. So we go through a process of what do you think of this? Oh, great. Oh no, that's not good. What do you think of this? And so the the actors will bring in offerings, and we'll decipher whether it it uh, is working. Even up to date. We're making edits in the studio, uh, in the rehearsal space about should we keep that line, should we change that line? Can you say that line and get that message to the audience without actually saying the text? That's actually really powerful. Yeah. We have um, one of the, um, a beautiful woman who's come in to share her story. She was, she's been in the studio with us um, quite a lot and she has come and uh, in the studio and helped shape her, her story on stage with us. So it was as Roy said, authentic, and she will, she would come and say, no, no, it would be like this. And, I mean, Tash, you can maybe go on about that I experience. Ju- I just yes. wanted to add that um, I think part of, you know, drawing from real lived experiences also is that at some point we need to take ownership of that and people who have offered their experiences have also been really generous in saying, I'm happy to share this and, you know, I'm not precious about it having to be exactly how it was for me I'm, and, you know, everyone. We're all really interested in just getting the message across and breaking down, deconstructing stigma. I think that's the most important thing. So sometimes it might not be word for word because we, we're more interested in the in the bigger message. Yeah, and I guess that, that was my concern in in how you go about interpreting sometimes somebody else's stories and, and and whether that is real and and what sort of license you have to do that and how they feel about that but obviously it's been such a collaborative um, project that you've been able to get feedback from from people and and and, and approval I guess in yeah, a lot of respects absolutely and so this de- this is a development so basically what we're asking for the the community who are coming along to sh- actually shape this work again because we are developing it further in 2018 we have a full season already planned so this is a first stage development so hopefully when the next week and even f- from yourselves you come in and you, we, we listen to feedback about what your experience was 
the journey you went on when you saw and have watched the the work and then after have a dialogue about oh yeah i felt this was really working well i that sat with me and getting feedback further feedback from the community and theater goers uh, to actually make the work stronger to deconstruct stigma and for the work to do its job and because you've had um, workshops in putting together um, the original script, will you then do workshops in getting feedback, or how will you collect that feedback from people? Well, I'm actually consi- well. So on Tuesday night we have a Q and A. So those who are coming on Tuesday night, just don't forget we have a Q and A after the show. So we're going to have a huge discussion then, where a lot of feedback will be taken. Then we have some wonderful um, people coming on the panel uh, to actually talk about how stigma works in performance so it'll be that way i'm considering actually taking you know some type of survey feedback which i'm a little bit hesitant to do but i'm i'll have a discussion with with the actors and see if that's the right process sometimes people when you're developing work but basically taking a sheet of paper and say did you like this did you like this what do you think we should do more of and have a set of questions so it can be that process or after when we go into the next development we will sit down and look at what we constructed let, and, and look at it from the outside in and then f- deconstruct the work from there and, and reconstruct it for the next development. And Darren, I know that you are the social media guru. Perhaps you can set up a little blog page somewhere and you can uh, get a bit of feedback. Yeah, well, I do actually have a stigma page. So some most of the people from the Possible actually campaign. So thank you all for the Possible people who supported this work because it's been self-funded. We have some wonderful actually funding from VAC. Um, so please, uh, thank you, VAC, for your you know your funding. And uh, it's been a, you know and the, so we raised a little bit, of, quite a bit of money actually for, from ourselves to the, from the Possible. Sports. And I'd like to talk a little bit more about that because you hadn't quite reached your target. No. Last time we spoke. So let's come back after a quick break to talk a little bit about funding and how it financially came about. You're on. Now, what about lesbian porn? That's Stephanie. Stand up straight on Joy 94.9. Every time. Every time I lose it, Steph. I know. It's not funny anymore. It is. (laughs) You saying lesbian porn will always be funny. Uh,. Thank you for joining us on Stand Up Straight tonight. You are with Stephanie, Rebecca and Clayton. Ooh, she's telling me off now because um, I loved at the list. And we also have Darren Weiser. We have Tasha Flowers and we have Rory Godbold from Stigma. World premiere on Monday night at La Mama, part of the Midsummer Festival. If you'd like to be part of the conversation tonight, you can SMS us on 0427JOY949. In case you can't work out those numbers on your phone, that's 0427 569 You can phone in because we've got beautiful Mosh in on the front desk tonight and that's 1300JOY949 or you can email us on air at joy.org.au and we'd love to hear from you. And um, I'm sure that um, Darren and Rory and Tasha would love to answer questions too about stigma because we've been, we've been asking a few tonight and... Um, I think that where we left off before the break was we were uh, we were talking about the financials and um, last time in November you were saying there was a possible campaign and you hadn't quite reached your target for funding but obviously that's happened because Absolutely, the show yes and shortly after we actually finished that interview it was not long after that we raised we actually met our target and a little bit more oh there you go mm. so maybe being on joy you know helped, of course help that yes. uh, help that along a little bit. 
Um, no doubt. Yes. So who are your other backers? So I must have a big shout out to La Mama Theatre. Uh, if it wasn't for La Mama, I wouldn't have the opportunity to, to, to make my work and we wouldn't have this opportunity to bre- to actually present this work. So La Mama has been a huge, uh, it's such a wonderful institution in Melbourne for independent theatre makers like myself and actors to get together and put on a work. But they're obviously liking what you're doing because they are looking for a repeat season. Absolutely. And a full season in 2018 for Midsummer next year. Thank you, Liz Jones and Catelyn Dallard, they're just gold. Yes, and two weeks next year full. We hope so. Yeah, yes, great. yes, yes. We'll, oh, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, and also VAX being supportive. So thank you to Victorian AIDS Council. They're yep. wonderful support getting behind this work. Living Positive Victoria, way behind this work. Living Positive Victoria helped get this work off. Living, they LPV helped get the work off the ground in June when Rory and Samuel did Gay Pos Sex. And from there it developed into opening up to share women's stories. The Space Dance Centre, without them, they've given me a free, a free well, sponsorship so we get to go into the studio and not pay for studio space. Mm. That is, you cannot that, put a price on that. It's gold. so good. And um, um, of course, my company, Devise, is producing the work. Now let's go back to Gay Pos Sex. Because shocking name, it's terrible. I know, it's but awful. JPS, that was, GPS. but that was going to originally be the name for the production, wasn't it? On T- the tell night me about of that, the Rory. Performance um, of that showing, Darren put up posters down just off Chapel Street in South Yarra that said "Gay Pos Sex" with an arrow in that way. <laughs> so I'm surprised we didn't, you know, we we Some might have got a couple that surprised. were just like, "Oh, okay, yeah. we're here for theatre," and just politely <laughs> sat there. <laughs> <laughs> Might have got you some extra audience. Yeah, well, you know, it was the time about gay pos sex because we started to talk about men's stories, but then we wanted to open up with women. You know? Now, I wanted to ask Tasha about that because I've, um, I think stories of women living with HIV are not heard as often, told as often, um, for whatever reason. Um, so that I understand is a really important part of this show. Absolutely. I think it's a huge part of the stigma um, and we've talked a lot about that, that, you know, early on HIV and AIDS, which it's important to be clear are separate things, but are closely associated, particularly when we think about the stigma around HIV, that um, this virus was branded really as a gay virus and originally it was called GRID, gay-related immune deficiency. And that branding if you like, has really stuck. And uh, I think, you know, globally there are more women who are living with HIV. HIV does not discriminate um, with gender or sexuality. It affects everybody. And there's a really particular stigma surrounding the lived experience of women with HIV, I feel. And a lot of it is about, you know, HIV is often related to sex. When we talk about HIV, we have to talk about sex. And I think um, societally, we prefer women to be nice, quote, in quotation marks, um, to to not be too dirty or promiscuous. You know, it's kind of, as I say in the play, plays into this idea of a woman being either a virgin or a whore. Um, and there are. It's really hard, I think, as a woman to, to know where to go to find supports if you're living with HIV. There's so much education and preventative um, information out there targeted, targeted specifically and pretty exclusively towards gay men. So it's really important to, to get that story out there because it breaks down the stigma for women and also for men. And, and can I say, when you watch Tasha... 
tell the story of a woman's voice living with HIV, oh my God, it is so powerful. She is so amazing to watch with and work with on stage, work with in the studio. So the women out there in the community, you must come along and see um, Tasha Flowers share the story of women living with HIV because it is just, she's so good. It's a phenomenal piece. And, and we've actually had a message in um, hearing a woman's story about living with HIV and pregnancy changed the way I understood HIV. It was very empowering for me, even as a guy. So really important to, to keep telling that story. Yeah, well, that's really awesome to hear. And in fact, back in November, we heard a little bit um, from Tasha about her her own experience with trying to get tested for HIV and even sort of the discrimination that she faced in in testing. And we, we explored that a little bit, didn't we, during our conversation and we were all quite interested in how easy it is for a man to go and get tested but the questions that were raised for Tasha and, um, you know, how it wasn't so easy for her. So. That's right, that it, was just, that it was just assumed that because I'm a heterosexual female that I'm at extremely low risk and I shouldn't need to worry about it. There's no information or any pre-counselling, um, so many presumptions and, um, yeah, that, it's, it's a story I've told a lot now and I, you know, really want to keep talking about it with everyone I know because um, it was quite... It was quite shocking to me. And I, you know, like I've really become aware of the stigma around HIV, you know, in these last several months that I've been working on this project. And I, you know, I still really find it unbelievable. But I've met women who've been living at, living with HIV for years and some older women who've been living with it for decades. And it, you know, it's really frustrating, the lack of progress and change and education out there to the broader society, not just to gay men and not just to people who are already diagnosed. And the thing is, too, when you look at it also medication, which, um, you know, you, Tasha shares on stage with Rory, um, that, the you know, the medication w- was originally tested for men, you know, because it was a, originally it was all about the gay men in the early 80s. So, you know, we are actually unpacking on stage what it's like for a woman to kind of actually take that me- medication because her well clearly a woman's body is completely different to a man's and and they're going to have different responses and and side effects to a man so that's really important to unpack um uh, that side of the woman's story and a woman's body. And, you know, it's interesting, Darren, you know, when there have been a lot of conversations, um, especially on Joy, about PrEP, and yet I've never heard any conversations about PrEP and women. And, you know, can women take PrEP? I don't even know of the answer to that. Of course they can, absolutely, so, yes. But I've never heard it discussed. Yeah. I've never... Yeah, and that's, a, that's really important to get across. I know that, you know... PrEP is there for everybody and it's just really the whole point of this work for me is to deconstruct stigma and as Tasha was saying that is does not discriminate to gender or sexuality. So when we come back I want to know about First Night Nerves. Um, you are on Join 94.9 on Stand Up Straight. Thanks for joining us. Hi, it's Kieran Fields. You're listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. I bought the T-shirt. I broke the record. Thank you for joining us on Stand Up Straight. Tonight we are talking with Darren and with Tasha and with Rory about stigma opening on Monday night here in Melbourne at the Mama Theatre. Um, I'm interested in 
a little bit interested in first night nerves because it says here the event contains, this is on the uh, Midsummer Festival website, the event contains some nudity, sex scenes, coarse language and Full nudity. Oh, oh. Darren's just saying full nudity. <laughs> full male nudity. Um, yeah. That's my kind and, of show. And, and violence. And I'm wondering, you oh. know, being being. No, no. Not violence, but there's um there's sexual um. In- well, Rory, I, tell I us. Wait, 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 wait. Just wait. But but um, I imagine being first night, you've got your families coming along. Rory and Tasha, maybe friends. How are you yeah, feeling about um, that? <laughs> I feel like some people in my life may be busy that week because of <laughs> their full frontal nudity. I think there's some people that will come and some people that might um, just be busy those three nights. Next Nana. year, yeah. yeah, next year they might um, struggle to get away with that if it's a longer season. But it's what is key is just being prepared. Just knowing what it like, we were doing some difficult stuff in rehearsal today, and it's really about going second by second by second. So you've got something to back you up if you are doing something confronting. Um, yeah, so it doesn't, you know, start to get a bit chaotic. It's very structured and prepared and rigid. But I was just going to say, so sorry to grab the mic like that, but um, the when we worked through the confronting stuff, like we actually had fun with it. Like you, we were all laughing about it in the studio, so we kind of to take the edge off off the nerves. Like any time you see full frontal nudity, sometimes it's good just to laugh about it. Yeah, Tasha, yeah. what about you? Have you got family coming along on Monday night? Um, well, I certainly have um, some friends and people I know. I, I don't have to get nude. I was clear that I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think like Rory says, preparation is key. And also I always I think I have to remind myself, it, you know, it's a continuation of playing together, of being present, exploring what this is and... Theatre really changes as soon as there's an audience there. Yes. And you learn so much from an audience. So it's about staying um, open and present and curious rather than suddenly switching from this, you know, open rehearsal mode where you're making lots of discoveries and trying out things and taking risks. You don't want to close down and think, right, I've got to perform this is the only way to do it and I want to do it right and I want to be good. You've got to try not to buy into that pressure. So in the hour leading up to the show, what will you be doing, both of you? How will you be preparing for that that last little... Well, it's going to start with some Pilates, um, which is very, you know, Darren takes us through a good warm-up that centres us, that um, works on our core um, because, you know, actors are not always dancers, so sometimes we have sloppy cores. Um, that we need to <laughs> That's another name you could have had for the show. <laughs> Sloppy call. Tighten up. Um, so, uh, so you're centred for the performance. Um, and then, to be honest, for this performance, I haven't thought beyond that first thing. But always warming up the body, warming up the voice, and I think ideally doing something as an ensemble where you get together, sort of can check in with each other because, again, it's easy to get caught up in the nerves and the adrenaline and just become a bit internal. So to do something together. And I'm, I will actually, the warm-up for me is important to get the the actors focused with their senses. So their storytelling uh, can, like their, uh, their, their sight and their hearing and the, the kinesthetic responses so then they can be, be and exist in the body and the characters so then they can get the message to the audience and shift them along the journey. Because if they're not, 
if they're not actually inside their body and awake to all their senses and emotions, it's very difficult for an actor to actually do their job on stage. So part of the warm-up is about like a sensory warm-up as well, as w- along with a group warm-up so they're connected together. Wow. There's a, so much that goes on behind the scenes, I think, that you don't realise when you're watching a show what's what's come to that. But as someone in the audience, what would you love me to take away from that show? What would be the what you want me to take away to be telling people to learn? Well, I'll start with I certainly want to shift the audience's per- per- perception about what it actually is it is it lives what it's like to live with HIV. I want them to to deconstruct the stigma that it can affect anyone and it's not just a, a, a male or gay orientated virus. And I'm sure Rory and Tash have got something else to say about that. Yeah, um, I think for me this whole process has been a real learning curve um, and I think the three of us as actors have said, wow, we're a bit naive about a lot of things to do with these issues. So I think for the audience they're going to go on that learning curve as well. They're going to hear new language. They're going to think about new scenarios. They're going to see a scenario that they think they know and then it's kind of turned around so they see something different. Um, So I think, you know, there's going to be an experience that they take new things from. When you you see the... Particularly when you see the heterosexual couple on stage... Well, talking about, I won't give it away, negotiating on stage the relationship about living with HIV. Even for me as a gay man watching that, I think, wow, that actually is going to, it's doing something to me. So I'm certainly hoping that it will do something um, to the audience when they see Tasha and Sam play those heterosexual couples that have to negotiate what that's like. I hope that people will ask questions like I have throughout the process and want to go out and find out more information for themselves. Um, and on a practical level, I hope everybody goes out and gets tested and takes responsibility for knowing their status, for communicating about their sexual health, taking away that sort of the stigma, I guess, even more, you know, really broadly and generally around sex. Um, I want women to talk with other women about HIV and um, as I said on Tuesday night on air I want people to be unafraid to have sex with undetectable people (laughs) that's what I I hope people go out and have sex with undetectable people which is a great which is a great message because I know you know early late last year there was that whole campaign about AIDS is not here and that we've got you know we've got on we've got on top of HIV and AIDS in Australia it is still here. It's still on the move. Like people are still contracting it in Australia. The stigma is still around. It doesn't. I mean, I've been living with it for eighteen years. It doesn't go away. So my my life is affected by it daily. So it's important that 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 message is out there to the community. That it's not just as simple as putting the taking your pills every day and getting on with it. I mean, it can be that simple, but for some people, it's it, it's a bit more complicated than that. Yeah, I don't think it's it's as simple as that. You know, taking pills. It's 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 holistic, isn't it? It's, Absolutely. It's, 
it's yeah. Well, that's what it's, one of the it's with you every day, and it's yeah. Well, it's one of, one of the first things the counselor said to me in London when I was diagnosed. It, you know, you can it, the, the frame. If I'm in a good space daily, and it changes daily, like anybody who moves through their emotions and how they're feeling. If I say to myself, "Is the day going to be? I'm going to put the pills in my bag and I get on with it." Have days like that where I'm just kind of going full steam ahead, like I am now, making this work. I'm in a really good space. But there's some days where I, as many the community members who have come in. Uh, have said to me, you know, one in particular, you know, it's every day like they wake up and they're devastated that they actually, you know, have this. And it's really difficult to actually, you know, continue on a real positive note when you have it in your body when there's stigma around. But we're hoping to break that stigma and change perception to say we are actually okay, we're resilient, we are survivors, we get on with it, we can do stuff, we are not just uh, branded by a virus, we are people. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a tiny part of your bigger yeah. your bigger world. So, Darren, with your bigger world, obviously you've got to get through this next week and I'm sure it's going to be a sensational week for you, for all of you. What happens next? Well, so what I'll do, so on opening night I'm going to do a little ritual. I hand the piece over to the actors because I have to... St- take it away and give it to them because you know in the rehearsal studio I'm the lead I'm you know I get the final say if we're not you know working well there's kind of someone has to lead hand it over it's your baby you now take it on its next past and so I will sit there uh, watching them go on their own journey with with the offering that I've given them and then hopefully by the end of the week by the end of the the third show it, it would have shifted and grown bit by bit by bit yeah and then for the rest of the year, will you just keep continue working on developing for next season, or is there something else that you've got in mind to work on? Well, no. Well, after the after the season, my plan is to kind of have a let it distill, and then later in the year, a few months. I'm not sure quite when, but I'll talk to the actors uh, about getting back into the studio and doing the next phase of the development for the um, full season next year and then also talk to my backers like we had actually have a drug company that's I won't say the name yet because I technically technically can't but they're actually considering getting behind and funding part funding the work because it's associated with the drugs and not yeah, so I'm having a discussion with them to see what funding we can get. I'll approach the uh, the stakeholders uh, that are currently funding at the moment and I'll seek for more funding and I'll probably put another grant application in with these actors um, attached to it to help get it uh, further off the ground because it's, it is a semi-fund at the moment with a possible campaign, but basically all the actors, so I, I mean I'm, I have so much gratitude for the actors and the time they put in because it all is uh, in-kind work at the moment pretty much with a little bit of money behind us and the, the sound designers and the lighting designers and the whole team have really, we are doing it off the skin of our teeth. You know, we, we ha- I haven't been lucky enough to be to have a fully funded work. So this is all kind so of... So that's an amazing commitment, isn't yeah. it? And I only discovered that before the show that, that both um, Rory and Tasha have full-time jobs. So yes, to, absolutely. To, and, and from what you've told me, it sounds like this has been a, a full-time job in itself, but... It, you know, a significant commitment. Yeah, well, like you know, producing this and doing behind the th- behind the scenes behind the work, it's I, I have to kind of you go into producer mode and organising mode and and being putting that hat on to to come in and organise interviews and all that type of stuff and who can do it, and then switching to the director, the creative choreographer is a different hat, so that's really challenging. I mean, these guys. I mean, I know Rory's got to go to we got an o- opening night, and then he's going to start a well, a new full time, kind of a new full time job the next day, and then do the show at night. 
Well, it must, as actors, there must have been something, though, that attracted you to this um, piece and made you think, I want to give up that time and all those sorts of things. What what was it? Well, it's, like I said, when we first went into the room, um, there was new things that I learned. So that's, that's the thing. It's something to discover here um, and something to work out and something to give the audience. So I think that's really important. If you've got something important to give the audience, then the project is worth doing. And I'd seen a bit of Darren's work before and have always been really moved and engaged and, you know, it's provoked me to ask a lot of questions. I'm also really interested in working physically and with the body. I think there's so much depth that, um, that, and and so much you can communicate through movement um, and Darren's really amazing in facilitating that with us and watching Rory and Sam in the rehearsal space exploring something through their bodies and through movement and music is so powerful and also you know it it feels it is really important that we're we've got a really good reason to step on stage and every word matters and that is so exciting as an actor to have a real purpose you should see i mean they were saying they were saying they were just actors before these guys are dancers you should see when you come along and see the show and when you see them storytelling through their bodies without text that's just so powerful and i'm so grateful to have such accomplished actors and movers to storytell this work with we're almost at the top of the hour. We will come back in just a moment to say goodnight. Um, but thanks for joining us. You are on Stand Up Straight. This is Little Wise and you're listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. I'm not usually one for adventure. We are at the top of the hour. We've had a really interesting hour. We've had um, Darren Weiser and Rory Godbold and Tasha Flowers in tonight talking about Stigma, which opens world premiere Monday night at the Mama Theatre. And I believe tickets are really hard to come by. Only three nights for this um, current season, but we're hoping it will do a full two weeks next midsummer in 2018. If you do want tickets, go to... Um, Perhaps try the Midsummer web- yeah, website the, first and foremost, but then go to La Mama. Yeah, try the, try the Midsummer website, Google Stigma. If you can't go there, go to the La Mama website and Google um, uh, punch it. You'll see Stigma up there. There's, I think, there's about five ticket left. Five tickets left on closing night. I am going along on Monday night. I am very excited. I feel like I have been really um, in some way involved in the whole process because I was with you at the beginning and, and now at the end. So I'm, I'll, I'll be really interested to um, to see the performance on Monday night. And in fact, you know, we might even have a, a little chat about it in a you know in a month's time when you when you've all mm-hmm. settled down and just to see how you know what sort of response you've had and. And, you we know, would love to have a dialogue with you after the show. Yeah. It, it's really important that we have a conversation after, and we want honest, honest feedback. I think so too. So we are going to have to say goodnight now, but thank you for joining us. Thank you, Tasha. Thanks thank you, Rory. Thank, thank you, Darren. You. Good Always luck. A pleasure. Break a yeah. leg, is that what we say? Yeah. Chookers. Toy Chookers. Toy. Okay. I'm so theatre now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank after you, this, Beck. Thank you, Steph. And after this, we have Family Matters. We do. With so, me. So stay on Joy. <laughs> and Gina and Adrian. So stay alive. Stay listening. You're on Joy. 94.9.
Joy 94.9 is a GLB TIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.